If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 223. This is our 2022 Rocket Mortgage Classic Plus Hero Open Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form stats, form charts, including combined course plus current form all merged into one. And then of course, we've got our PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictive optimizers. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. On Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. Right. Let's take you one through our latest five-star review that we've had from one of the listeners. As ever, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That's how I know it. And of course, if you uh, give us a five-star review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Simon has done that, and Simon is in Reading. So thank you for this review, Simon. Genius Golfing Gabble. Five stars. Steve, Barry and Paul have a great rapport and really bounce off each other. Fantastic in-depth knowledge of players, courses, as well as all the current stats. It's a perfect light-hearted synopsis of the week's golfing action and a real must for all golf punters out there. Yep, Simon in Reading, thank you very much. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Simon. Yes, very, very neat and concise summary of our... Uh hour-long gabbles on a Tuesday morning. I've got yeah, an announcement. I don't know what else to say. It's, it's really good. Thank you. I've got an announcement, champs. Go on. Tony Terminator Finau. He's developed. Once he was T4, then he moved to T2. But now, after hunting down... <laughs> Hunting down Scott Pearce, who hadn't won for seven years, and Emiliano Grio, who hadn't won on the PGA Tour for seven years. It's Tony Terminator Finau from now on on this podcast. He's evolved. He's evolved. He's, he, he is the alpha male taking down the 3M Open. That's three wins now, Steve. We shouldn't, we shouldn't mock. He's, he's turned into a... Uh, a stone cold killer when it I'm comes not mocking. to Sunday. He's afternoon. the Terminator, mate. <laughs> <laughs> In all of my content now, it's Terminator Tony. Oh dear. 
Yeah. We need, to, we need to we need to like map the model names of the Terminators on there. It's probably like the the T eight fifty, just a little upgrade from the eight hundred, the original army. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just got this. Like he's got like, the red laser right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, he, hey, he's, listen, he's, hunt, he's, he's hunting the big prey now, mate. The big dogs, the Terminator. Yeah, he's had to just take down a few baddies, and now now he's gone for the you know now he's brought into the main action sequences. I mean, he's listen. Three wins, no, it can't be a fluke. Definitely not at this stage. Um, yes, they're flat track bully uh, wins, but you know that that's going to breed confidence. It has to. It has to start converting into better things in the big events. I disagree. I disagree with you on one point. He did win the Northern Trust, which was loaded. That was the first. That was the first FedEx Cup event last year, wasn't it? But yes. Mm. Puerto Rico Open and the 3M Open, yeah. He's had 189 PGA Tour starts, and now he's got three wins. Tony, Terminator feet now. The thing that got me was he was the 14-1 to favourite, and no one went anywhere near him because everyone's like, 14-1 on Tony Finau. Are you having a laugh? Even though he was like head and shoulders above everything else in terms of his stats. and If there was one guy that was going to win that, it's Tony Finau. But so, yeah, that's jumped him from 12th in the President's Cup standings into a qualification spot of 7th now for the President's Cup, which is uh, in September at Quail Hollow. Yeah. That shows you, doesn't it? It's worth these players turning up and winning these relatively low-grade events because the points and the, mm. the prize money and the... You know, for players that haven't got a card or whatever, you know, not not Tony in that respect, but some of the other players who might be fighting for their playing privileges, there's there's lots up for grabs on these low key events. And you know, the attendee lists recently have been pretty sparse, haven't they? A lot of people staying away, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, fair play to Tony, three wins as you say, and uh, yeah, that monkey well and truly off his back. More to do, come, do, I expect. Do you think the Poor attendance, let's call it, um, of some events surrounding the majors is a consequence of the majors being so crammed together now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, potentially. You know, and players that are already in the top one twenty-five um, at this late stage in the in the season, is there a reason for them to go and push to try? Yeah. And, you know, what, what are they trying to achieve? I guess those who've got aspirations of making uh, East Lake may want to get themselves a little bit closer, but. Those that are safe in the eighties, nineties, whatever, um, is there is there a reason really to go out there and uh, and play these events? Or they're just sto- yeah. Or are you storing your energy for the run at the FedEx <laughs> yeah. Cup? So yeah. And don't forget, we've lost Dustin Johnson, Louis Oosthuizen, Bryson DeChambeau, Abraham Anser, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Brandon Grace, Paul Casey, all manner of people, Sergio Garcia to the Live Tour. So you know, it's just diluting everything, isn't it? And all yeah. of a sudden, you're getting Duffy Wardorf creeping into the 3M Open and then turning it down because <laughs> he realised he's lost his golf clubs. He has, he's got no idea where they were. He, he stored them about 12 years ago. He's, he's having yeah. to phone back up to Florida. Sorry, I, I cannot find my golf clubs. I, I can't get across. There's been a few that have uh, come back out of the woodwork recently, haven't they? Your, oh, your Jason Gores and oh, yeah, Jason Gore played. Robert Garrigus. Garagus is a regular now on the PJ too. He plays every week. <laughs> plays every week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take you through the top eight of the President's Cup team from America. Scheffler, Burns, Xander, Cantlay at four, 
JT Spieth, Finau now jumps from 11, sorry, to 7. Colin Morikawa is 8. The BMW Championship is the um, is the cut line. Um, you've then got Homer 9, Zalatoris 10. So there's two names playing this week. Horschel at 11. And as it stands, Tom Hoagie is in 12th spot to play in the President's Cup. I repeat, Tom Hoagie is in 12th place to qualify for the President's Cup. Of course, though, the four picks are captain's picks. So I cannot see Tom Hoagie being in the President's Cup team when people like Cam Young are below him in the rankings. Yeah, well, he's got a few. He's had a good season, Tom Hoagie, isn't he? Um, he's got a few weeks left yet to try and squeeze himself inside, inside the top can, eight. Can I whisper another name that's not qualified as yet? <laughs> Go on. Kevin Kisner. You'd think he would get a pick if he didn't get one of the eight spots, whereas you wouldn't feel the same uh, would be coming Tom Hoagie's way. Hmm. Um, the President's Cup, match play the President's Cup captain is Davis Love the Third, and it's being played in Car- in uh, North Carolina, with Kisner being good friends with DL Three and being a Carolinian. I think Kisner, and that's what uh, that's you know spoiler alert. I've put him up for this week. That's why I'm putting him up because. He's going to one of his favourite golf courses and he actually... It's like Finau last week. He knows that if he has a big week this week, he's putting himself in a conversation. And with his match play record, as Paul says, I don't think Tom Hoagie's going to get a captain's pick over Kevin Kisner. And Cam Young... seems unlikely. Well, if Cam Young doesn't get a captain's pick after finishing third at the PGA and second at the Open... I find that that's going to be a difficult one. He's actually going to have to, yeah, there's going to be some difficult choices there, aren't there, with a Homer, a Zalatoris, Horschel. Yep, that's always the way when it boils down to the to the final few picks. You, like you could almost say that Young, Homer and Zalatoris are shoo-ins and then it's literally a fight between Horschel in 11, Hoagie in 12, Kevin Kisner and even... Someone as less left field as JT Poston, Cameron Tringali, or Maverick McNeely. This is why I think Kevin Kisner's got such a good shot of actually making mm. this press cup stay. Yep. Yeah, of those names, he's the more logical one with his match play record, at least. I can't see him just waltzing up and missing the cut. I think he'll be really focused to deliver a result. Mm. Yep. It's interesting as well. The other week, I don't know if you noticed, but even at the Open, you had someone like Siwoo Kim floating mm. around that top 10 going into the final round. Yep. So, you know, there's, it's, it's no different with the internationals. Cam Davis is on the edge. We've been talking about Ryan Fox. There's a lot of fring- Adam Hadwin, a lot of players that are on the fringes of getting a Trevor Immelman pick. So... Mm. I just always, at this time of year, I always start looking very closely at these rankings to just see elite players and reasons why they would come to an event like the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which, let's be frank, you know, isn't the most you know, esteemed title on the PGA Tour. And actually, yeah, yeah. Cu- and actually coming with a real 
focus that they need to do something now. Just yeah, to, there's motivation there yeah, for some, exactly. isn't there? Clear the mind. Mm. Richie Ramsey won on the DP World Tour last week, Paul. He did, yeah. Yeah, very emotional um, win, as you'd expect. First time for, what was it, seven years just over that he'd got over the line. Um, fair play to him. It was, um, again, a typical DP World Tour Sunday, wasn't it? And um, the, the contenders, and I did have a couple in the in the mix. Sammy Valamaki went into the Sunday in fifth. A couple back of Paul Waring, so one back off the real lead, you might say, in that respect. Um, but yeah, he couldn't find a couldn't find a fairway or couldn't find a green during the course of the day. Really, he bogeyed the first, and uh, it never really looked like it was on from that point. Um, Bjorn Olsen, I, I don't know. I, I, I caught quite a bit of Olsen's play, and you know, followed it on online where you couldn't uh, couldn't watch it, and. Um, in, in patches, he looked really, really good, and then there was still some some dodgy approach shots but uh, he, he was close and then bogeyed both of the par fives at the start of the final round which really doesn't help and uh, yeah both of them contrived to miss uh, miss a, an each way play out actually I thought Sammy was probably the most likely winner I thought that he really had a chance to win that and uh, so yeah a bit annoying but um, yeah Richie Ramsey well done and uh, yeah we, we should say um Congrats to you. Well, well done for picking out Callum Tarrant as well. He looks like a talent, doesn't he? Snuck into um, the each way places for you at the uh, at the death on Sunday over at the 3M. I think Tarrant is a fantastic ball striker. And you just look at his raw numbers. I'll be honest with you. Before this year, I knew absolutely nothing about him. I know Sam Harrop has kept quite close to his career. He's mentioned him a few times. County Durham. It's quite funny when he was interviewed, and you get you get in that broad kind of northeast. East, I know he's not Geordie, but like kind of a kind of Maxim. Mm. But he can strike the hell out of the ball. It's all in, I think it's all in the mind with Taron. He went out in the fight. I think that would be the first time he's been out in a final group on Saturday, and all of a sudden the bogeys are flying. But um, came back. I mean, he's he's fighting for his card, isn't he? It looks like, especially. I was looking at this being the only retentive person that I am. There were six people who have gone to live that are currently in the 125 on the FedEx Cup and for some reason they haven't been taken out of the, of the ranking. So they're, they're clearly going to get taken out after next week, the Wyndham Championship, which is the end of the regular season. So actually, if you're looking at those FedEx Cup standings and you're looking for players that are going to be getting full playing privileges for next season, I think it's going to go down to about 130, 131 in terms of retaining their full card for next year once you've taken the live the lipsters out. And Tarum, I think, got himself up to 124. He's a good player. Considering he started the season with, I think it was seven miscuts and a WD, for him to actually get back into the 125, I don't think mm. he'd be a bad shout for this week either because we've said all along this kind of the Rocket Mortgage at Detroit, the 3M Open, the John Deere Classic, they're all very similar kind of tests. Um, and you see players with correlating course form that touches a lot of these courses that do well in these tournaments. Yep. So there's no reason why town. I think I'm seeing them at 125 to 1 somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's three figures out there, definitely. That's not a bad bet. He's by no means 100% safe, put it that way. I'm just going to put this out there for listeners to the podcast. 
We have no live content whatsoever, but I am backing Bryson DeChambeau to win the live event in Bedminster. Which I didn't have a clue where it was until I looked yesterday, and it's in New Jersey. So it's a New York event. Um, I'm backing them at 12 to 1 to win that. Um, that price at Coral Pool has just gone to 11 to 1, and we were talking about it off mic. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to back DeChambeau 12 to 1 to win the Live Golf event at Bedminster. Yeah. He made some really positive comments after the Open, didn't he, with mm. the state of his game and the fact that that's the first time that he'd felt really good on the golf course since having his uh, surgery on his hands. So, um, yeah, if he's on the way back now and, um, yeah, given that he's a similar price to some players that aren't anywhere near the same level, in theory, on paper as, as Bryson DeChambeau, yeah, I, can, I can see your logic. Fair play to Bet365. They have their each way extras markets up for the live event as well as the other two this week. Mm. Yeah, it's proven popular. Proving very popular. I managed to get two away, I think, with um, Bet365 this week mm. on their each way extra facility. So we mentioned it last week. I think it's something we're going to continue to mention. Um, just a, a facility where you can choose the amount of each way spots that you want. So their standard winner market is still, and it you know it has been apart from majors for many many years. Five places each way caught the odds. So if you go into their standard overall market, five places are caught the odds, and then they have an each way extras market which you have to click into on your app or on your computer. And at that point, you can even have I think you can have three places, can't you? A fifty odds. You can, you can, you can, uh, you can get a better overall outright price by this is it um, by taking yeah. less places. Yeah. So Patrick Cantlay, as an example, was available uh, three places each way of fifty odds at fourteen to one. His general price across the market was ten to one. They also do eight places each way of fifty odds, and I think it's ten places at sixty odds. Uh, seventh and twelve and ninth, I think it is. The, the eight each way, a fifth is interesting because it doesn't map exactly to the main market, but it's very, very close. So generally, if you're seeing say fifty to one, five places and a quarter with a player, mm. generally it's the same price or maybe um, a notch below, so maybe forty fives. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know th- th- there was a period of time where you'd look at the bet three six five price, which was often standout, um, but because it was only five five um, places and a quarter, it yeah. was uh, you know it, it looked quite inferior to a lot of the other bookies. But if you're mapping that same price or a very similar price to eight and a fifth, then that makes it very attractive. So do check it out. Yeah, there's there's a little explanation on both um, mine and Steve's previews on the website this week as to how each way extra works. So uh, check it out and have a little look for yourself if you haven't done already. Paul, if you hit your head. What's this? The, Paul's actually advocating for backing extra places now. I think I've had, <laughs> have, have I been too convincing? Although I did see one of your selections, probably the longest, I think it was the longest odds one, oh, was, yeah, was on the, the short I, price this do week. You know, <laughs> do you know, I, I, I still have this. I, I, I can't turn it turn down. If, if someone's offered me 200 to one or 300 to one. Yeah, and I, I've I got know. the you know, the, the volition there is that I, I've made the right decision and I, I, I want to back that player. I can't turn down a hundred points. I can't down, no, turn down no. what's effectively a hundred to one no. winner. 
and, and the hope is if he's going to be featuring, he's going to be properly featuring. So the, the extra two or three places you're not really concerned about at that stage, you're all yeah. about to win. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes back and bites you on the backside. If you can get a couple that go your way the other side and you, you sneak them in at a, a quarter of the odds at a higher price, then uh, yeah, it makes a difference. If, each, well, each for their own. That's no different with me yesterday. Kevin Kisner, who I've already spoiled. Um, he was 40 to 1 first price, bet 365, on their standard five places, caught the odds. That literally lasted about 10 minutes. Then he got cut to 35s. So then I looked at him across the market and they kept coming out. 35 to 1 was the price. And then Boyle Sports came up, 33 to 1, 10 places each way. So I just said, well, I'll take that. Oh, just for two points different, I'll take the additional two. I'll maximise yep. the places available in Kisner. Yep. Absolutely. So that's what we did. So what we did. What, I'll if, take a thirty-three to one winner, or uh, you know, if he comes in ninth place and gets me that place, where gets me that each way return, which you, I wouldn't have got with the eight places, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, for the sake of two points, that's a very small penalty to pay. This is just if any if anybody from Bet Three Six Five is listening, I would love to see the standard market prices on the same page as the each way extra page. So just for reference, what the actual uh, five places prices, you have all of their different offerings on one single page. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, good point. But yeah, back to your point, Barry. Yes, in general, um, I will take a look at the longer prices or lo- longer longer terms just to... It's a judgment call, isn't it? All of it is a judgment call now. And uh, there's, there's no exact science. There's not a formula that you can use that dictates whether you should take the longer or shorter price. It's uh, it's an eyeball job, I think. You, you guys did uh, a good bit of digging into that. You know, looking back on your past bets and whether like taking enhanced prices would have affect, you know, affected your ROI. And I think mm. you, it washed out reasonably similar, didn't it? It did. And you know, I, I, I did a, a year of... Um, analyzing whether to lay off um, bets at you know at the point at which they hit maybe 1.1 1.15 something like that and taking the pain out of the out of the equation and again over the course of a season you know even longer it there wasn't much difference in there between those that uh, you ended up losing and, uh, and and obviously having covered with a, a lay bet and then the times that you've laid a player off and ended up uh, losing that lay so I, it's all swings and roundabouts and it's down to individual individual punter choice I think Bet365 if you haven't got an account with them and you're 18 plus we have a link through in the description box of the podcast to their current bet £10 get £50 in free bets new custom promotion uh, we've also got T's and C's in the podcast description but well worth looking into. I know Boyle Sports are also doing the same kind of thing, aren't they, Paul? They are 10 places each way at 50 odds at the Rocket Mortgage Classic Boyle Sports. And I think they're, are they eight places on yours or is it seven? Yeah, no, eight on the... They're eight uh, on the on, DP on the World Tour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the golfing action this week, chaps. Let's start with the PGA Tour, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, the Terminator is in this. He's going for two wins on the trot. Uh, Terminator fee now. Um, 11 to 1 favourite is Patrick Cantlay. Uh, 16 to 1, both Tony Terminator fee now and Will Zalatoris. Cam Young at 20 to 1. 
Homer at 25s. Uh, as you can tell, we've uh, we've jumped a level with the quality of field this week. It's definitely better than the 3M Open. 33 to 1 is Adam Scott. 35 to 1, Kevin Kisner. Uh, we've also got uh, 35 to 1 out there on Cam Davis. And then we're out to the likes of Keeks at 40, Riley at 40, Denny McCarthy, who's playing some great stuff at the moment at 40. To one, so yeah, it's a decent, decent enough field. I think they've basically uh, the way that the there's no WGC this year, is there? So they're having to put three kind of domestic PGA Tour events in after the Open Championship before we get to the start of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is being played at TPC Southwind, where they used to play the WGC. That's the first round of the three playoff events. Yep. It's all very complicated. Well, kind of simple, depending on the way you look at it. But um, Then we go to the BMW Championship, and then you get that horrible, I wish I don't have to, didn't have to cover it, to a championship with that ridiculous scoring mechanism. Right. Detroit Golf Club is our course this week. To Donald Ross Design Barry. And we know that Kevin Kisner is the Donald Ross Design Master. I'll be amazed if you're not on him this week, Barry, but we'll talk about that in a few seconds. It's a classical golf course, it's tree lined. So it's very it's not at all similar to last week, which uh, was so much water and a kind of modern course up in Minnesota. Uh, we're we're in Michigan itself. Uh, it's a resort-style golf course in terms of its scoring. They really can rack up the eagles and birdies around here. The reason for that being it's 7,370 yards, which for a par 72 is not overly onerous, and there is no water on the course. There's only one hole with a water hazard. Uh, the greens, my agronomy bit, they are poa and newer with the bent grass. So I think when I when I um I think when this course came up a few years ago I I managed to glean that they were seventy five percent poana and twenty five percent bent grass, which is a kind of fairly typical mix for kind of northeastern or midwestern golf courses featuring poana. You get that kind of mix fifty fifty mm. or seventy five poa with bent. Um, Last year, and this was the most difficult this course has played in three renewals, it was still in the bottom 11, or the easiest 11 courses on the PGA Tour. They can take it apart. Uh, a lot of the reason for that is the fairways are so wide. 35 yards wide at 300 yards carry. So it's not long, it's wide. Uh, they water the greens to get them nice and receptive. And they basically say, away you go, chaps. Go as low go as low as you can. Uh, winning scores here. 2019 was 25 under par. That was Nate Lashley. 2020, 23 under par. That was Bryson DeChambeau. So uh, you try and compare Nate Lashley's game with Bryson DeChambeau's and uh, you're at completely opposite poles of the spectrum. 2021... Cam Davis, 18 under par. Davis, DeChambeau, very long off the tee. 
Um, I was kind of on that track last week with Taron, Wyndham Clark. Um, I also had Cam Davis, long hitters of the golf ball, female one, long hitter of the golf ball. So I think that 3M Open track is a bomber's course. Just, um, you know, when I'm looking at DeChambeau, when I'm looking at Cam Davis, Joaquin Neiman got in the playoff last year. When you look at his numbers, he was in the top 15 for driving distance all drives last season. Um, I think a good bomber that's on form with the putter is likely to just about edge it from a kind of normal length or short player that's on fire with the putter. Because that's this kind of course. It, inevitably, it's um, it's what it's what John Rahm and Brooks Kepka hate. It basically boils down to a putting contest. Uh, the win, the three winners here have averaged uh, strokes gained putting eighth in the field over the first three renewals. Uh, if you look at the strokes gained numbers on approach off the tee and around the green, pretty level. Although around the green, which is very rare, very rare I see this, strokes gained around the green so far has proven quite important to the winners here. Ranks of 13th, 26th and Cam Davis was 5th for strokes gained around the green when he started um, sort of holding 80-yard bunker shots on the 17th on Sunday to win it. So, yeah, don't know anything about that. But the only thing I will say, I suppose, that that may well link into Donald Ross designs. As we know with Donald Ross designs, what's the main feature? The main feature of Ross designs are their greens and the bunkering around greens, which tend to be quite tough. The greens themselves, a Donald Ross feature, tends to be that very famous greens that just roll from back to front. So they tend to be courses where it's better to be below the hole, a very classical format of golf. Yep. So maybe that's got something to do with that around the green game. The fact that you know it's a it's a Ross design and these these uh, these putting surfaces and the complexes around them still got a little bit of sting to them. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I've gone for four this week. Uh, three bombers, non one non-bomber. And as we know, the name of that non-bomber is Kevin Kisner, who I took at 33 to 1. The 10 places each way with Boyle Sports. Winner at Sedgefield. Third, I mean, his record at Ross Designs is just phenomenal. So I, I don't really know why he wouldn't take him. Eighth, tenth, third and first at Sedgefield Country Club, where they play the Wyndham Championship. He's had a third and ninth at East Lake, where they play the Tour Championship. And here at Detroit Golf Club, he's finished 46th, third and eighth. We've already said he's in the hunt, but needs to show something over the next month to really get in the mix where Davis Love could say to him, yeah, you're my captain's pick, or potentially, if you had a really good run, be bearing in mind that you get triple points over the tournaments right now, including the FedEx Cup finals, playoffs. Um, he could he could still leak into that top eight. But anyway, it, it's time for Kisner to go. He, you know, he, he needs results and turning up at one of his favourite golf courses the week before he defends at the Wyndham next week, I think he's going to be um, 
He's going to be up for it. And we know how golf betting works. All three of us were at the Open a few weeks ago. And we were, you know, he was literally tied ninth. There was a spot when he was tied eighth. We were on there at 250 to one, uh, eight places. And we're, you know, oh, come on, Kevin Kisner, you need another birdie, you need more. another birdie. And he doesn't. And I can guarantee you, the week you then, he, he then comes back to the US, you don't put him up, and all of a sudden, Kevin Kisner at the top of the leaderboard, and you go, oh, what the fuck? I can't believe mm. looking back. That's just how golf betting works. So I'm on. Are you on, Baron? I will be, yeah. I haven't, I haven't placed a bet yet, but yeah. I mean, look, he's, play, he's playing well. All the factors are there lining up, and I think it's just going to be a boom or bust week with a bet on him. Um, and no matter which way I play it, I think it's uh, safe, more safe for the mental, my own mental state to back him and come what may, whether he goes really hot or bombs out. I wouldn't say this course is part of the um, that you know we we talk about the past seventy format and there's that kind of sub tour where the likes of a Kevin Kisner wins or Kevin Nile wins on these shorter courses. This kind of fits into that narrative, although ultimately you know you've had one short hitter in late Lashley win and two absolute extreme bombers win. But I think it's fair game. That's the only reason Kevin's attending. On I thought because he actually knows that he's got a chance around it. Yeah, and he's got a couple of decent yeah. efforts there in the past as and well. Don't forget, last year in the playoff, you had Neiman, huge bomber, Cam Davis, huge bomber, and you had Troy Merritt, who isn't a bomber at all. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of... That's where we're at with it. Going down that bomber narrative, I just had to put Cam Champ in. Cam Champ really did jump to my attention... Um, with his finish last last week, yeah. Um, we've said you, Champ is the kind of guy that when you're tracking him over season-long statistics, if you're tracking him over an eight-week kind of set of statistics, you'll never ever pick up a win with Cam Champ because it is microscopic what how he finds his game and how he loses his game in equal kind of measure. He is mm. so erratic; it's frightening. Um, and we were—I think we all got involved with him at the Mexico Open, where he had a serious run at winning that with John Rahm. Then yep. he fell. He got an each way's place, so that's fair enough. But it was the same kind of narrative there. I think the outing before he just showed something: a couple of good rounds, hitting his driver very, very well. And you have to, you have to literally plunge on it with Cam Jam. You just see some metrics that are going his way. Yep. Um, Last week at the 3M Open, Cam Champ, who was defending, um, he threw in a 75 to start with. So, you know, clearly the tournament at that point's finished for Cam Champ. He ain't going to win after you open with a plus, uh, plus 4.75. Then over the last 54 holes, he was only second to Tony Finau for scoring. And... He was just two back of Tony Finau. Also over the weekend, I think Hahn was level with Finau, Scott Brown, Cam Champ, 134 strokes. So Finau, 200 strokes over the last three rounds. Champ was 202. He tied with Danny Willett and James Hahn. Callum Tarrant in third spot, 203. Uh, fourth spot, 203. So Champ has clearly found something. Something clicked at that tournament last week. Mm. 
And when I just look at his figures for the final round, which was Sunday's round, and it was blowing hard, plus 20 mile an hour, he was sixth for strokes game putting. He shot a four under to jump to 16th spot. He was sixth for strokes game putting, eighth for around the green, 26th for approach, ninth for tee to green, and in total, he had the second best, tied second best round of the day on Sunday at the 3M Open. And there's one thing we know with Cam Champ. Three wins so far on the main tour. 2018 Sanderson Farms, 2019 Safeway, 2021 3M Open. If I'm looking at those latter wins, Bent Poa mix for the Safeway Open at Silverado and he won the 3M Open, which again for me, as we saw last week, Bomber's kind of tournament, Tony Finau wins, he won that. There's just loads and loads of crossover. So I got 60 to 1. Eight places each way with Bet Fred on Cam Champ. Mm. Now I'm with you on Champ, Steve. I think we've said before. Once you've seen that spark, you've just got to jump on board, haven't you? And quickly, uh, yeah. The spark, the spark was there last week. It's it's as simple as that. Course course matches, sparks there. Price is acceptable. Away you go. Twenty sixth here on course debut. He was actually second that week. You listen to this, 46th in 2019. He was second after 36 holes. Mm. And then 12th here last year. Yep. Cam Champ. Um, it, so, yeah, Champ and Kisner are very, very comfortable with these bets. I went for a FOMO bet on Cam Young. I would assume that the whole betting industry and uh, a lot of people in the golf betting community will be on Cam Young. You know, this is a golf course that suits bombers. <laughs> desperate desperate for his first PGA Tour win a win this week would cement a spot in the President's Cup team probably would mean automatic qualification why wouldn't you put Cam Young up there I mean he second for driving distance this season all drives second for strokes going off the tee ninth for birdie average that is second in this field and top 60 for strokes going putting just to put that into context, Cam Young 60th for strokes game putting. If you look at the other big name tour maiden, Zalatoris, he's 120th for strokes game putting. So for me, this kind of resort 2021 20, under par, there's some wind forecast for the first day, gusting 20s. Um, it eases on Friday. The weekend here is just going to be as calm as you like, and you know, you know as well as I do, the Michigan, the Michigan fire tenders will be out, Barry. These greens, I hazard a guess, will be nice and soft for the weekend. No wind. I think you're going to need twenty twenty one under to win this. That just feels to me far more Cam Young than Will Zalatoris. Just, just the way that we've seen the two over the course of this year and Zalatoris over the course of the last two years doesn't grab me as a 22 under par kind of guy he's more a six under par let's grind it out the PGO the US Open kind of guy yeah so I'm on Young that's that's basically a FOMO bet I got in with the eight each way facility on Bet365's um, each way extra and and I know how this works you do this all of this work you pick out Kisner, you pick out Champ, you pick out someone like a, a very obvious bet on Cam Young. And I just, 
constantly throughout the build-up to this, just looking at all the numbers, looking at all the courses, looking at the, the, the score that we would need to win it, looking just at what Bryson DeChambeau, what he'd kind of been through before he won this back in two years ago. I think it was like he hadn't won for 26 events or something like that. There's a lot to me, there's a lot that just links straight in to Patrick Cantler. Um, 20 under par. These, these are his winning, these are his performances on resort style courses recently. 2018, Shriners Open, 20 under par. Then 2019, he shot 18 under par. 19 under par to win the Memorial. I mean, that's ridiculous. 19 under par to win the Memorial at Jack's Place. BMW Championship at Medina, he shot 22 under par. Shriners Open 2019, 23 under par. You see where I'm heading with this? I mean, this guy just shoots lights out. He won the Zozo Championship at Sherwood Country Club in California on Bent Poa Greens. 23, uh, no, actually they were Bent Grass Greens. 23 under par he won that. And even this year, he shot 26 under par at the Century Tournament of Champions. That's the one that Cam Smith won. And... When he won the BMW Championship last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Do you remember that one? I was on Bryson DeChambeau. That guy found a million ways not to win that tournament. Came second. Bryson did. The winner of that particular tournament, of course, was Patrick Cantlay. Caves Valley. 27 under par he shot to win that tournament in Maryland. You just see... Cantlay can just shoot lights out. Um, he's long off the tee. He's basically the exact kind of player you want to be seeing building up to this tournament. And he tops strokes game putting metric over the last eight weeks on my tracker. So his putting has been red hot. So I just banged him in at the top. I plugged him in. Kind of a kind of fee now bet. Um, three points each way. I got 11 to 1 on Patrick Cantley. That again was through the Bet365 each way extra facility. I was seeing him as short as 9-1 to one with a lot of bookmakers yesterday on Patrick Cannon. So I've gone... Um, bit of a, it's a bit of a concrete block approach this week, but I just want a winner. It'd be nice to get a winner. Cantley at 11s, Cam Young at 20s. We've got the Whisperer, Kevin Kisner at 33s, the uh, Donald Ross Design Whisperer, and Cam Champ at 60-1. to one. Those are my four for this week's tournament. Do you want to take uh, your? Uh, I know we you're on Paul, you're on Cam Champ, Paul Barry. Uh, are you saying you're going to back Kevin Kisner? Anyone else that's springing to mind for you this week? At a, at a bigger price. Um, looking, a couple of guys are popping up. Like I like the shade of keep following Callum Taran. Um, that's interesting. Uh, Taylor Pendrith and Mark Hubbard are kind mm. of jumping a little bit out. Particularly Pendrith. Um, he, he's a bummer, isn't he? Yeah, hits it long way. It's a lot of greens and regulation. So just grab, gets the puts the putter in the oven a bit, warms it up, and yeah. uh, he's got a he's got a good chance. He disappeared for quite a chunk of time. He's now just come. So he must there must be there must have been an injury in there. But since he's come back, I think he's had a couple of top twelve finishes, Pendrith. So you know those. Mm. If there was an injury, I think there was. That that teat seems to have righted itself. But yeah, Pendrith, yeah well, was, that was, Pendrith was on my shortlist to have a good look at. Yeah, I mean, took a week off last week, was 11th and 13th, the two weeks before that. Yeah. So there yeah. there we go, like he's back. Um, and look, I know it, it, it. this probably jumps back to games before he took that break, um, your rolling stats, but 
He is first in strokes gained off the tee, first in strokes gained around the green, first in strokes gained tee to green, and first in strokes gained total. Or sorry, second in strokes gained total. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of underlying good stuff there, and his price is. I'm saying nineties. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying eighties. Eighty to one with bet three six five. Yeah. Yeah. So. More likely to back Pendrith than Hubbard because of just the Hubbard's very short off the tee in in PGA Tour terms. Thankfully, I don't have a deadline to get my picks out by. I mean, I should have a couple (laughs) for this, but um, I could still mull it over. Um, That's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit... uh, You're going to get sold off again, Barry. I might, yeah, for not having picks ready. But like last week was like a major hangover week. My head wasn't properly focused at all. I made some shocking picks. I could equally make shocking picks again this week. Um, Taylor Pendrith, pop- each way extra, eight places each way, fifty odds is eighty to one right now. That's see that, that is, that's an interesting one. So, same price as Wyndham Clark, who I said I was going to go with two weeks on the trot, but he broke my heart last week going three over within the first six holes. But again, Clark, Pendrith, the very similar kind of players. Long off the tee, you just need a good putting week out of them. Mm. Yep. Um, and so talking Mark Hubbard, Barry, I, I have backed him. Um, I was I backed him last week and he pulled out, so I, I've got my, got my money back on that. But I've, I've reinvested this week because I think there's uh, there's enough to like there. 12th here back in 2020, he was uh, 4th after 54 holes as well. And uh, showing some decent form before taking the week off last week. 13th at the John Deere, 3rd at the Barbasol, 4th at the Barracuda. 50-1 to 1 with 8 places I thought was worth taking. The other one that I've backed is Danny Willett, um, 100-1, to 1, which I thought was a good price. Again, with 8 places. 7th last week, that was his best finish of the season. Tenth for strokes gain off the tee, tenth for strokes gain putting. Mm. He's putting well, Danny, um, can be a dangerous character. Uh, and fourth here in Detroit back in 2020 as well on debut, so he's got a bit of course form as well. So, so yeah, I thought Danny was worth taking on. You never quite know with Danny, will it, do you? He can be, um, you know, miss a lot of cuts and then he can just come along, pop along, win a, win a tournament, you know, typically a tournament of some size when he wins over on the DP World Tour, but... Picking himself up a, a regular PGA Tour win wouldn't uh, wouldn't be a miss on his CV, I don't think. So perhaps that's where he'll go with this. Managed to scrag himself up to 137th in the FedEx Cup last week. He jumped from 153 to 137. So will it? Yeah. Again. Yeah. Good player needs to do something to get into that top 130-ish to make sure he gets his full playing privileges last week. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, Matt Wallace actually threw in a decent final round last week. Yeah. He's yeah, at 148, been... Wallace. The odd sign of life with Wallace, isn't there? And it's it, lots of good players of down there. Lots of good yeah. players down there. I mean, Harry Higgs, 147. Wallace, 148. Cam Champ, 149. Uh, Champ has got a winner's um, exemption from last season, so he's not worried about losing his card. It's just about getting into the... Top one twenty five, if he can. Yeah, for the playoffs. At Fowler at one thirty two. Ricky Fowler one thirty two. Jason Day one twenty seven. 
just a place below our friend Callum Tarran at 126. He jumped from 144 to 126 with that top eight finish last week. Mm, That's yeah. what's available for a Danny Willett and Matt Wallace, a Ricky Fowler this week. A Michael Gligic, who we mentioned last week, 140 in the FedEx Cup. There's a lot of these players that are, are, are very backable in this region. So that might be a line of inquiry for listeners. When it comes to like the, these guys who are trying to jump into that 125, um, I know it's a really good motivation, but for me, it, seem, it seems like their win chances or their chance of getting that really high finish are like a little bit compromised by the, oh, if I get into a top 20 here, like I don't want to lose it. They almost, you know, it's almost like a don't lose mentality might creep in i'm not saying it does but it feels that's my kind of perception of it that it might be even harder to go and get a win when you're in that kind of spot of just trying to get enough yeah. points to get your 125 it's a valid point isn't it? i mean scott Piercy was 138 going into last week he was in dire straits yeah Piercy, and then all of a sudden changes his putter starts making a barrel load of putts um just cruising through the tournament and he gets to sunday and like you said, the fact he hasn't won for seven years, the fact that he's fighting for his car for next year and uh, he shoots five over. But in a, in a way, that, that's immaterial to Piercy because he's jumped from 138 to 112 and his, and his full playing privileges are in the, in the back pocket for next season. I'd have thought he was hitting the pina coladas for the last 48 hours. Pro- probably, probably phoning up his try. best mate. He's probably phoning up his best mate, Pat Perez, and saying, "Pat, can you get me on live? Can you get me on live, Pat?" Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's just my where when bets kind of crisscross with that um, trying to keep maintain your your playing privileges privileges or try get them um, after your first. You know, I find that crossover. I try not to. I, I tend to veer away from those bets, is what I'm saying. It could be could be to my detriment, but I'll ask you one final question: Are you have you jumped off the Adam Svensson train after the derailment last week when the whole betting community were on him? Gone, yeah. So he's so he's going to be right at the top of the leaderboard this week, yeah. Hundred percent for sure, yeah. Svensson and got her up and like yeah temporarily on the uh, <clears throat> the no flies it the no fly list. <laughs> Not on a post-it note, though. They're, they haven't gone to that stage. Intermediate. No, ha- yeah, this is just like they need to sit. They just sit. To, they just sit in the corner and think about what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my boy when he's been told off at school. Yeah, it's go and sit in the corner for t- for the rest of the lesson and think about why you're not concentrating. Yeah, they're, grounded for a they're week. They're in that kind of spot, are they, Spencer? Look, he's probably going to fly this. Yeah, you know, he probably will. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I can't. I've been burned. I'm out. See you later. I'm moving on. Try to find somebody else this week um, and see if I'm completely out of sync with the golf betting world. <laughs> Should we move on? I'll tell you the other one, that a one other player that we haven't mentioned in any way, shape or form. And we've seen it so, so often. New young, hungry players hitting the PJ Tour with no playing privileges or anything. This Michael Tior Bjornsson chap. 
He, he came out at the US Open, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, he was right at the top of the leaderboard at the John Deere Classic. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's available right now, 110 to 1, eight places each way with the each way extra with Bet365. Mm. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there Thursday and all of a sudden that, you can you can well believe it, all of a sudden this Teal Bjornsson's number, you know, he's, he's three under through four and you're going, oh my God, I forgot about him. Yep. Yeah, you got him, you got um, Ju Young Kim, Tom Kim. You Tom know, Kim. Another, yeah, another player who potentially could be anything, couldn't he? Twenty years old and uh, mm. you know, could could be an absolute world beater. Um, six or well, sixty sixes, I think I saw on him yesterday. You know, again the kind of player that you know you could be slapping your forehead after a few hours in when he's sitting there and making birdies for fun. Yeah, I've ju- I've jumped off the gotter up train this week because the bloke is. Um... He's fantastic, Tita Green. So if his putter warms up, he's another one. But anyway, that's the coverage for the Rocket Mortgage Classic concluded. We're going to move to the DP World Tour. We're going back to St Andrews, aren't we? I know we're not going back to the old course. We're going, we go, but we're back to the town of St Andrews this week for the DP World Tour. Am I correct? You are, yeah, yeah. It's Fairmont St Andrews, so just up the road. But uh, but yes, yeah, back into Scotland. Another week of. Uh, Linksy Golf um, for the Hero Open, and hopefully one of my team can be the hero this week. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And um, this is the third edition of the event. So if you're looking back through event history, 2020 was at the Forest of Arden. Um, Sam Horsfield won, so that's largely, well, wholly irrelevant, I guess. 2021 last year was held here at Fairmont St Andrews. Grant Forest won. Now, we've also got some course form um, from the 2020 Scottish Championship, which was held here at Fairmont. Adrian Atagi won that. So if you're looking through the stats on the site this week, the two listed events are the two that were held here at Fairmont St Andrews. So last year's Hero and the 2020 Scottish Championship. They're the two relevant ones, I think. Uh, you've also got some open qualifying that's been held here over the years as well. So if you're looking for a few more clues, then you can do a bit of digging into open championship qualifying at Fairmont um, over the years. Uh, essentially, though, another low-key event. Ryan Fox is the favourite, 11-1. to 1. Richie Ramsey last week's winner, 22-1. to 1. Uh, Adrian Otegi, 22-1 course winner. Roman Langask, 25-1. to 1. Oliver Becker, 28-1. to 1. Then you've got the likes of Hurley Long, Antoine Rosner, Callum Shinkwin, 33s, 40 to 1, bar those eight players I've just read through. Boyle Sports, Coral Labrooks, all going eight places each way, a fifth of the odds are standard this week. And of course, as Steve's mentioned a couple of times already, Bet365 are also doing their each way extra um, proposition on this event. So do check out the prices of those bookies before you place your bets. The Torrance course here at Fairmont St Andrews, it's a modern links, opened in 2001, 7,230-yard uh, pass, 72. Regular seaside linksy features, fescue, tall fescue line in the fairways, pop bunkers, some really um, attractive cliff-top holes, uh, fescue and bent grass, mixed greens as well. Um, and of course, from a purist perspective, it won't be classed as a links. It's a modern take on one, but you know it looks, feels very much like a linksy course. Um, you know, aesthetically, it's a links. So, 
in for all intents and purposes, that's that's how I've classified it this week. Does need a bit of wind to make it a challenge. Now, if you look at the forecast, the most recent forecast this morning suggests that we're going to get maybe 15 miles an hour on Friday and Saturday, 10 miles an hour Thursday and Sunday, maybe a little bit of rain on Sunday as well. So I think it'll ask a few questions, but nothing excessive. So really, this course should be um, should be pretty scorable. And talking of scorable, you only got to look at the two events that have been held here to get a view of what I mean. Grant Forrest, he won at 24 under here last year. Adrian Otegi was 23 under when he won the Scottish Championship back in 2020. Um, I'm not convinced it's going to be quite as deep this year. Um, won't be far off that, I don't think, but I don't think it's going to be quite in the, in the mid-20s under par. Um, there is that little bit of wind in the forecast. The the, the greens or the whole, whole course is going to be firm, as we've uh, seen over the last few weeks as well. So, um, yeah, potentially getting close to 20 under, but maybe not deep into the mid-20s. Uh, digging through some of the stats from those two winners, Adrian Otegi, 51st for driving distance. That didn't really um, suggest that, uh, you know, 7,230-yard course, it's, it's, it's not going to be the be-all and end-all to be uh, bombing it off the tee. Second and third place finishers last year, James Morris and Santiago Tarrio, 67th and 69th in terms of driving distance. So um, I'm, I'm not going to get or haven't got hung up in terms of driving distance this week. If you look through the other stats, greens and regulation, a lot of players were hitting very similar kind of numbers in the 70 to 80% bracket. So essentially, this was won and lost on and around the greens. Um, we do have some strokes gain data from the two events here. And of the of the four or the five different factors, strokes going off the tee was the least important factor. So that kind of marries up with the the fact that uh, you don't need to be overly long and gaining your gaining your shots from off the tee. Both the winners had strong strokes gained approach and strong uh, strokes gained tee to green around the green. Fifth and sixth for Otegi and um, and Grant Forrest. Strokes game putting ranks of 6th and 11th, so you really need to be making a score on and around the greens, I think, to to be compiling a contending um, this week. Uh, neither was in great form, neither of the two winners. Forrest was 80-1 to one when he won, Adrian Otegi was 66s. Um, but if you look back in their recent past, both men have recorded their season's best finish in the relatively recent past. Grant Forrest, he was 4th at the Irish Open, um, a few weeks before the previous month. Adrian Otegi had finished second to Andy Sullivan at the English Championship at Hanbury Manor. Again, that's another very low-scoring event. Um, I, uh, Didn't he win Andy that Sullivan. 29 under or something? Andy 27, I think. Yeah, 27. I think, I think 20, it, it was another very deep-scoring mm. week. And uh, you know, Sullivan lapped the field. He, he, he finished seven shots ahead of Otegi. But even so, um, that puts into context that kind of scoring ability that you needed to be even in contention that week so yeah, there's the odd hint there i guess that um that those two players were playing some reasonably good golf but not in the immediate very immediate past both of them actually missed the cut on their previous start so yeah really we've only got those two events to go with um it's boiling it all down it should be a reasonably low scoring affair um, yeah, as I say, maybe 20 under, something in that bracket. Strokes going tee to green is pretty much a given, I think. But are you also going to need that warm enough putter to actually compile and, and, and make the right kind of uh, winning total this week or get to the right kind of winning total? 
if you've got some good seaside linksy form in your in, in, in your CV, then that's never going to hurt. I don't think. Not the be all and end all. I think really um, of more importance is the ability to go low on these kind of resort style tests, and I think that probably just about trumps links um, history and links form um, in in the past. But uh, a combination of the two wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think. Uh, in total, I've backed five this week. Looking at the top of the market, Ryan Fox is a bit too short for me. 11 to 1. You can understand why is that price. He has spurned quite a lot of chances recently. And, you know, he got over the line back at Razzle Keimer, and I, I get that. And uh, he's been finishing, in, you know, on the podium positions pretty much every week um, up until the very recent past. But 11 to 1, there's no juice in that. It's, it's a win only price for me, and I can't go there. Richie Ramsey's second favourite. Whether Richie can reasonably get the motivation and you know, after the emotional expenditure from from um, Sunday, I, I can't see that. And if he does win wins two on the trot, then fair play to Richie. But I think there's more chance of him missing the cut this week than getting in contention. Um, I have backed a couple near the top though. Uh, firstly, I've backed Antoine Rosner at thirty three to one. And I think the Frenchman could be rounded into some decent form. If you look at some of his recent finishes, seventh to halfway at the BMW International Open. He was ninth after 54 holes at the Irish Open, making 21 birdies there in total. And both kind of mid-teens finishes in the end. In the end, 34th last week, kept a lid on his price to a certain degree. Um, but his long game looked really good. Any spark with a putter this week, and I think he could go really close. Now, in terms of low scoring, he shot 25 under to win the uh, Golf in Dubai Championship back in late 2020. Fourth when defending that title last year. And there's a bit of a linksy feel with that track. So I can I get, you know, two, two sides of correlation there to how this week needs to needs to play out. And um, one again at the Qatar Masters after that. So it's got some good winning form for a 33 to 1 shot. Needs to needs to pull his finger out really if he's going to make the um, the DP World Tour Championship this this year at the neighbouring Earth Course to his to his win there over on the Fire Course eighty fourth currently in the rankings. Um, of course, he's going to need to get closer to that top fifty this um, year if he's going to get uh, get involved in the in the season long or the the season finale. So uh, some good motivation coming up for for Rosner, good player for thirty three to one shot and well capable of getting to the winning total. I think so. Quite happy to take him. Also quite happy to take Hurley Long. Um, early thirty fives are gone now. Thirty three to one still out there. Now. There were a few players who had a really good fortnight over in the States when they had these uh, co-sanctioned events at the Barbasol and the Barracuda Championship um, over, the, over the start of July. Uh, Marcus Helligild he- right, right, and uh, Espen Kofstadt both did really well. The one who did the best of all of them, though, Hurley Long, fourth and seventh at the Barbasol and Barracuda Championship, respectively. Um, made over 20 birdies both weeks. Really stuck out in terms of his form over there in the States. Mm. If you go back on the DP World Tour, there was some decent form leading up to that, or earlier in the season at least. Third at the Razel Kaima. Um, that was the classic one. Um, second, Kenya Open. Sixth at the British Masters. Tenth at the Dutch Open as well. So some good events or some good season form coming into this and some very good US-based PGA Tour co-sanctioned form as well. Fourth on the DP World Tour for birdies is the stat that really stuck out to me. 
so uh, he can get to the uh, get to the kind of score that we need. He can make the red numbers that we need to be in contention this week. Uh, a couple of mid prices. Andy Sullivan, we've already mentioned him. He's that kind of archetypal um, player who can really make um, the, the right kind of score on a, a, a low-scoring resort-style track. Really up and down season for the Englishman so far. Missed loads of cuts, but. The odd spark, ninth at the Pseudo Open, eighth last week at Hillside. That was his best finish of the season. Big improvement in strokes gain approach last week. Big improvement in strokes gain tee to green. 134 strokes over the weekend. That was two shots better than anyone else in the field from Andy Sullivan last week. And we know he can go low. Um, you just mentioned the 27 under there at Hanbury Manor back in 2020, Steve. Seven shot victory that week. 23 under, he won the Portugal Masters further back. That was a nine-shot victory, I believe. Absolutely lapped the field both times. Very, very capable when he's on form. And um, that weekend score, I think that should give him a real injection of confidence heading into this week for, for a 66-1 to one shot. Also at 66 is our back to Eddie Pepperell. Um, 11th last week at Hillside. Again, that was his best finish of the season. And uh, he really does love Lynx golf. And we've talked about his Lynx golf pedigree before on the um, on the podcast, but uh, it just smacks you around the face when you look at his record. Sixth at Carnoustie back at the 2018 Open. Uh, fourth at the Hinch in 2019 at the Irish. Fourth and second at Gullen for the Scottish Opens that were held there. Second at Hillside 2019. Um, of course, Hillside again last week for 11th place for his best finish of the season, as I say. Even his wins at Doha and uh, Walton Heath, they carry some linksy uh, connotations as well. So uh, there's, there's, there's lots of light there. 16th here in 2020. Above all, though, Eddie's that kind of outspoken, emotional guy. And I'm sure you guys have been following some of these um, comments and uh, assertions on Twitter about the whole live setup and the whole saga that's associated with that. For me, he's that kind of guy. He could turn around, stick two fingers up to the whole thing and just say, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm playing the DP World Tour. I'm going to go and win myself this small title because I can do it. I want to do it. I want to win. I'm capable of winning. Away I go. Actually, there's a great interview with him. Um, I listened to it last night on the Drop Zone podcast where he talked about that and the state of his game and, and everything. And uh, um, it's a good good hour there to, to to listen to if you fancy getting a bit more insight into Eddie Pepperell. Well recommended um, for listeners. But yeah, I've backed him on that basis, 66 to 1. The other one I've backed, longer price, Barry alluded to earlier. Uh, but 300 to 1 early doors yesterday. That's all gone now, 200 to 1. But you can get that with the extended eight places this week. Lee Slattery. Um, just like last week's winner, Richie Ramsey, no win on tour for seven years for Lee Slattery. 11th last week, though, that was his best result for three years. Prior to that, his best result was in Scotland at Renaissance, at ninth place finish back in 2019. Before that, more Scottish form, fifth at the Dunhill Links back in 2012. He did play here last year, 38th in total. He finished, um, closed with a 65, which only three other players in the field could beat. Um, a 200 to one shot as he is now I think um, there's far worse bets at three figure prices out there um, worth taking a chance on in my view so Lee Slattery um, Eddie Pepple, Andy Sullivan Hurley Long and Antoine Rosner my five um, for the uh, Hero Open this week let's have a hero out of those five we need a Bonnie <laughs> Tyler we do we, we, we're looking for a hero <laughs> 
Go that's on, Barry. Your go- is that your go-to karaoke song, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holding out for a hero. Yeah. yeah. It's up there with Sweet Caroline. <laughs> you backed anyone, Barry? Uh, I have not placed any bets yet. No. Um, the sentimental bet there is, yeah, Eddie Pepperell. Just very, um, I don't, shouldn't be sentimental, but um, it's like following Eddie. Um, I like his comments on Live. I like the way he straight shoots his comments. Um, so, yeah, there could be something there in the, the FU mindset. You know, yep. go win something. Uh, yeah, rather than just cash and money. Absolutely, get, get a nice trophy on the on, on the cabinet. And that's yeah. interesting. That 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 podcast I talked about. He he, he mentioned that, and you know, is it about the money or is it? Um, you know, would you tell the grandkids in years years to come? You know, I, I banked all this, banked all these checks, or um, you know, I, I've got these trophies on the cabinet here where I won this title and that title and or whatever it's uh, there's a different mindset there and uh, I, I don't think he's playing particularly bad certainly last week there wasn't mm. there was some good signs of life there so uh, yeah could could be a feature that's such a good point like what's a kid going to react to um, a trophy or a big suit you know a big bank balance the, yeah. the, the trophy every time look I know the live guys get a trophy but the trophies we're competing for right now in the BJ Tour and the DP World Tour, um, the tour those tours have that history. Like, hey, maybe in twenty years' time, Liv has that history, you know, and their their trophies become a bit more meaningful. But like right this moment in time, yeah, one of these counts for more. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Gonna, you, Steve? Uh, I'm having. Well, I'm going to have a bet on David Law. Yeah, yeah, he was close. Fifty to one, each way extra. Bet three six five eight places each way fifty odds. Uh, yeah, fifty to one. Uh, fourth here in twenty twenty. He was fourth at the Irish Open a few weeks ago. Yep. And his one win on the DP World Tour was the Vic Open. He shot eighteen under par. He shot twenty. Yeah. He shot twenty under par here a couple of years ago. 13th so, yeah, beach there for the Vic Open. Um, that's another linksy style coastal track as well. So there's some good correlation. I was close. I was close with Law, definitely. David Law, fifty to one. Now I'm going to have a couple of quid each way on David Law. Mm. I must say, Hurley Long I... did imp- Hurley Long did impress on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Sorry, Barry. I cut you off a second ago. No, I was cutting Steve off. Sorry, <laughs> he was done. Um, okay. But <laughs> Paul, talk talk to me to about Garrick Porteous. Good week last week, fourth and tenth here. The last two times he's played it. Yeah, yeah. No, again, one for the shortlist. I just wonder whether he's actually going to be able to, you know, when push comes to shove, to actually get himself into a paying position from an each way perspective. But I, mm-hmm. you know, if you fancied any, anyone fancied him, I couldn't, I couldn't really put you off because, again, when you when you boil down the raw numbers for it, then he's, he's going to feature on a shortlist because uh, it's kind of staring you in the face, isn't it? So. He's had a pretty rough year, isn't he, Porteous? Up and down, yeah. Is he's he one of these guys reset. that's fighting for his playing privileges? Um, I don't think there's anything in his back pocket. So, um, yeah, you know, as Barry said, he's got some good course form here, but um, 
Yeah, it's, well, you've still got quite a, a few events to go on the DP yeah, World Tour, and it's um, you know true. we're not quite at the same stage as the no, PGA no, no. Tour. So, so these guys have got a good couple of months where they can start to make a, an impact or yeah, really really pull things around. But, but yeah, I couldn't put you off if you fancied a punt on Portis. I'm not sure yet. That's I'm, I need I need help. <laughs> um, another one that was jumping a little bit off. Um, it was Dan Housing. Or housing, mm. I don't know. Uh, how yeah, housing it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I backed him a couple of weeks back. He showed some decent form again last week, didn't he? But um, yeah, I don't know. You could make a case for a few of these guys. I think if um, if, if you dug into their stats, whether I'm, yeah, whether they're going to get there or not remains. I'm to be trying seen. not. To, I'm trying not to make a case for too many because it's uh, yeah, bit of links golf. Links or links e golf. I mean, this yeah, it's links golf. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it looks like ish. Yeah, <laughs> looks like a links. Smells like a links. Plays like a links. Yeah, let's call it a links. Um, yeah, I mean, because you can get so much extra variation in in the draw, or just how how things bounce for players on a given week. So I don't want to go too deep on a, a number of bets. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Watching brief. I think that's us, chaps. We're done. Mm. We're through. Uh, next week, the Wyndham Championship, the end of the regular season on the PGA Tour. And we've got another event in the UK, haven't we? What have we got next week? Yeah, it's the uh, Kazoo Open next week, isn't it? It's the um, at Celtic Manor. So uh, Gareth Bale's event that he's uh, sponsoring or supporting next week over at... Uh, over in Wales, so that's always a good one. Uh, Celtic Manor is always a, a decent, uh, decent event to get involved with. Absolutely, we we bemoaned a few years ago the lack of um, action that we used to see in the in the UK. You know, professional action, and now there's a whole host of tournaments that are over here. So yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, Galgorham Castle the week after as well, Northern Ireland. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good run over in, uh, in in this part of the world. Absolutely. Thanks for your time. I hope your bets go well, champs. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, boys. Best of luck to listeners, and we'll be back next week. See you later. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system the golf bed